For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Good evening. Welcome to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. Good evening, Josh. Hello, Dan. And we're back for a new year of a brand new entrepreneur profile. Happy 2017. Same to you. If you believe in numerology, Dan, it's a fresh start year. Two plus one plus seven is ten or one or zero. Whatever it is, it's the beginning of something. I don't believe in numerology, but from what I hear, it's a fresh start year. Well, it's definitely going to be a different year. I mean, a lot is happening politically all around the world. Uh, uh, At least south of us. Sure, a lot of trade questions, but there's some opportunity, right? I mean, there's opportunity in chaos for entrepreneurs sometimes. There's no doubt there's opportunity. There's, there's probably a lot more challenges. If you can master a few things, then I think that's you're going to really be on top of the game. If you can master your trade, if you can master your quality issues, if you can master your foreign exchange, I mean, nobody has a crystal ball, but actively manage it. If you can manage, you know, actively manage your talent, because uh, that's that's not always easy. Uh, then you can you can certainly have a better year than than maybe you would have otherwise had. But you got to stay on your game, and you got to be open to ideas, and you gotta you gotta not be stale. You gotta always think out of the box. Speaking of having a good year, you know, had a great year in 2016, um, Quebec. All of Quebec, creating more jobs than anywhere in Canada. Uh, what's going on? This is such a pleasant surprise. I, I, you know, it was really good news to hear. Uh, I, I think it touches, you know, certain aspects of the economy. I don't know if it's every sector that's up. Uh, you know, I, there, there's no question on the IT front or, you know, the, the Ubisoft, the the artificial intelligence, the programming. The I think we have a lot of talent in that respect. Uh, I, I do believe that the U.S. dollar definitely comes into play so that the exporters uh, their business uh, has has been a little bit better this, this past year certainly where the dollar is a uh, dollar 33 or 75 cents or however way you want to look at it there's no question that that there is a drive for demand and that demand will create jobs so it was it was really good I don't think necessarily that it's because of the Quebec government embracing the entrepreneurial and business culture. I don't think that's the case. Certainly as, as small businesses are going to be taxed a little bit more in 2017, if you're under five employees, you're no longer allowed small business rate. I mean, it's, there's some, there's some then unfortunate rules that are going to hit or that have hit in the last budget that is not going to be great. And we're taxed. However, good quality of life. It's, it's, it's a, it's an easy place to live. Standard of living is good. But it's it's. It, I don't think it's due to the Quebec government. I think it's due to our society, the dollar, uh, and and the. I would say, the people that want to come back and work, the people that love this new industry, the new economy, and they're really going going all in. It seems like uh, there's certainly a lot of opportunities, especially in the knowledge economy here in Montreal. A lot of investment in in AI, artificial intelligence, and uh, Microsoft announcing recently that they're going to pour money into a, a Montreal-based firm that they bought called Maluba. They are a deep learning uh, tech firm, and they're going to double the size of their office by 2019. But that's the, and that's part of the you know when we're talking about jobs and job growth, I think, and we're gonna you know the the reality is we're gonna see this everywhere in the world. You know the new economy. There's you know there's a lot of people that say. Uh, I mean, if you ever look at the the YouTube video called "Shift Happens," uh, shift happens just to just to pronounce <laughs> it properly, so nobody thinks otherwise. There's been a whole bunch of, of iterations and versions over the years, but in each one, they always come back and say 
the 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 students or the the kids, if I may, going to school today are preparing for jobs in five years that don't even exist today. And okay, it's not necessarily across the board. You're always going to have certain base base jobs out there, but the technology is changing so rapidly. In five years from now, it's going to be radically different, and it's going to be a whole set slew of new jobs. The question is, how many fall off the table after that? So Microsoft is seeing this artificial intelligence, which of course, you know, with the the 360, the virtual reality that is that became very popular last year in the last couple of years, uh, this is just the next evolution in that technology and people immersing themselves in that part of the world. Another uh, newish Montreal uh, startup that I that I have a lot of love for is Lufa Farms. Uh, they they grow vegetables on rooftops here in Montreal and uh, and sell them like a subscription service to uh, to Montrealers. Fantastic. You know, I I think it's there's a lot of social responsibility, and that's that. You know, we saw a lot of that in 2016, 2015. I think that's definitely going to see where you're going to you're going to see a lot of action, a lot of companies, and that social responsibility and that reinvesting in our in our own not you know not no fossil fuels and and getting to that really in touch with the environment really having that circle of life come back to it and people are willing to pay for it and people are willing to adjust their lifestyles their desires their wants their needs a little bit in accordance just so that life is a little bit better for the planet and lufa and it's not for everybody i get it it's not for everybody a lot of people have their conveniences a lot of people still drive their big cars and and gas and just go to you know whatever supermarket or restaurant get what they want but there are a lot of people out there that are really very uh self-conscious about the environment and health conscious and really want that that reuse that circle of life energy that that's that lufa farms is essentially promoting with their farms on rubes Quebec-based Simons is uh, putting the finishing touches on their Calgary store. Um, I guess kind of bucking the trend a little bit. Department stores haven't been going so well, but uh, Simons is pretty uh, optimistic about Calgary. And I think there's, uh, and I, it's great news to hear. You know, it's a great, solid uh, Quebec company uh, that's been around for a long time. It's, uh, you know, the, the Simons family, you know, from Quebec City, been around a while. I think it's it's pretty adventurous for them to go, as you said, not everybody's opening up retail you know a big box retail stores i mean you look at the bay and you look at uh, all the all these big stores uh, sears forget about sears there in the in the doldrums nobody really likes to shop at sears well i shouldn't say that some people like to shop at sears um but but this is this is a brave new step now i think in the simon's aspect i, I think the takeaway for entrepreneurs is they want to try and do something a little different each store is a little bit different in their in their uh decor and how they do it and how they work they're certainly there they don't pay commissions to sales reps they they're really trying to do something a little bit different opening in a calgary market that i'm not so sure about today you know they've taken a really big hit uh with the oil and gas and the 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 price per barrel that came down do i think it's going to come back yes do i think they're in they're in for a, a good one two year rough ride Absolutely. So the question is, they're going to have to find the why in getting their customers into their store. And Simon's, I think, has a little bit differentiation that they might be able to pull it off, but it's going to take some some time. Let's talk about hockey briefly. That new team, the Las Vegas Golden Knights, uh, didn't quite do their due diligence. And this is important when you're creating a new brand. Intellectual property, your name, your, I mean, this is, this is huge. Anytime you're, you're, you're talking about it, Dan, you know, with your company, Provocateur, with us, FL, Full Orlando, anytime you, you, you know, you're trying to go out and find a name, uh, you got to make sure that nobody else is using it. Now, the reality is every time you pick a name, there is a legal search, at least here in Canada. I won't pretend to be a lawyer, uh, but in, in Canada, you know, 
actually everywhere, you have to do a legal search for your name. They chose to do their marketing and advertising and rollout before they actually got their legal right to use their name. Don't do this, people. You know, the, the entrepreneurs, you if you have a name, okay, if you don't have a name and you have a great product and you haven't attached a name to it, great. Go for it and try and roll it out. But if you know that there's this great catchy name out there, whatever it might be, go make sure that you can keep it. Go grab that name. The name is huge. Look at any big brand. The name is huge. Look at all the advertising on TV now. Let go. You know, people are selling stuff on, it's let go. It's easy. It's let go. But it's you can have that service, but have a really crappy name associated with it. Let go is is a great name, but I bet you they got the name first. They made sure the donate the domains were there, which is I would always do first before everything else. Make sure you have your .com available, because if you don't, you know how are you really going to get people to d- driven to to your to your site to your brand to build that brand. So intellectual property is huge. Get that name sorted out right away. Finally, um, I'll take any opportunity to talk about uh, ice cream and uh, a new high-fat ethical ice cream brand. This is, uh, yeah, this is a company that uh, they don't harm their cows. Their cows milk themselves. They go over and, you know, when they feel like getting milked, <laughs> uh, that sounds kind of weird. I don't feel like getting milked right now. If my cow feels like getting milked. But if if, uh, if that cow feels like getting milked and fed, they do it on huh. their own time. Wow. Uh, this is not forced forced milking or anything like that and then they're like well once that then we know where the milk is coming from so that's a big aspect but then they say there's so many healthy products out there let's just throw it all in let's just make a product that people don't really care if it's healthy or not it just tastes absolutely great and no animals were harmed in the making of this of this ice cream uh but i thought it was pretty pretty cool and unique where the traceability of milk is actually quite a big issue uh, in the food industry, and because they know these cows uh, where they come from and where they're they're giving it at their own free will, uh, I think that's I think that's great. All right, well, I'll have to check out uh, Better with Ice Cream um, because that sounds uh, delicious, and uh, even better to know that it has a social mission too. Uh, today on the program, we're going to speak with Lindsay Riddell of Luminet Solutions. They are in uh, the telecommunications phone business, uh, phone uh, systems. So we'll talk about that. Plus, marketing later on in the program with Natalie Riviere of Cometa Marketing. That's all on the way on today's Entrepreneur this evening. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar and FL's Josh Miller with you for today's Entrepreneur. And this evening, we welcome into studio Lindsay Riddell of Luminet Solutions. Uh, Lindsay, welcome to CJD. Thanks very much. Thank you for having me. Uh, And Luminet is a a digital telephony company, uh, phone systems. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about what you do? I founded the company uh, 15 years ago, so we specialize in installing and maintaining business telephone system solutions for Quebec-based businesses. Uh, We help those that have a few users, up to several thousand, Um, and as well, we get involved in all of the peripheral activities. So in order for a company to have a phone system that's fully functioning, it has to be wired together, so we look after the wired networks, both for computers and phones. And uh, we work with the telephone companies to ensure that connectivity to the outside world is in place. We support it all and, uh, and provide the full support and maintenance. Did you have a background in this when you first started? 
I'm a I'm a relative old timer uh, to the point where uh, uh, Alexander Graham Bell was in the next cubicle uh, back in the day <laughs> next to me. So um, I I started in the it's business. radio nobody can tell it's all good <laughs> wonderful the uh, I started back in the mid '80s um, and so I, I spent 15 years with a company uh, working in sales and learning the industry and of course uh, the industry the way it is today as compared to the way it was when I began is is completely different. It, it, you could not recognize it if you were to step back and, and take a look at it. Life was a lot simpler, but it's a lot more exciting today. And what we're able to do is wonderful. And so I spent 15 years in the business working for a company before launching Luminet in 2001. So I'm a 30-year veteran at this, at this juncture. There's no question that technology has changed absolutely drastically over the many years and probably no more than the last few years with uh, certainly all the, the the cloud base i mean how did you keep up with did, did technology really stay constant over many years and then almost overnight it changed there's been uh, the speed in which the the evolution has been taking place has uh, has increased dramatically in the last five years um, when we went on for years and years selling basic telephone system solutions and then voicemail was introduced. When voicemail was introduced, it was a big deal. It took a long time to catch on. But today we're talking about doing away with voicemail and applications uh, that, that allow companies to connect their telephone to their CRM in order to quickly call customers and have a pop screen application for incoming calls, uh, queue calls for help desks and, and, and sales desks, uh, obtain a- analytics on that, on that call center, record incoming calls. Uh, it's been tremendous. And so it requires a ton of training. I mean, you know, you basically have to, I don't want to know if you have to start from scratch your training, but this is a whole new skill set. So, there, it's at different levels. The, the, the legacy products require uh, finesse training. So you, credentials have to be updated on a regular basis. New applications require new training. And our cloud-based solution that we branded Dimension 10, which we launched in 2016, that's a whole new suite of training requirements because the legacy telephone system switch that was once installed within the company's offices is now removed and is installed in a data center. So it's more of a programming language requirement and the requirement to have the smarts in IT and to be able to install the networks required to manage all of that stuff within the company's offices is, uh, is the challenge today. Now, uh, you know, Dan, we've heard a lot of people reinvent themselves, a lot of technology changes. There's no question that training is a huge part of it. I mean, certainly the government of Quebec forces training on you because they want you to spend a certain amount, certain depending on your salary level. But the the amount of training so that you stay on top of it so that your customers can can really know that you have that knowledge base really requires that your your team, your human resources is really up to par. Uh, and I know that that's a that's a hugely important aspect. But not only that, when you first started out, you know, 15 years ago, uh, you know, that that must have been really kind of an, an interesting time back then, starting out on your own after working somewhere and I guess kind of pounding the pavement from from that day one. So when we come back from the break, we'll talk a little bit about those those early years and starting out your own company. More with Lindsay Riddell on uh, of Luminet Solutions on today's Entrepreneur This Evening, uh, just uh, after this break. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 
Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur. We're joined this evening by Lindsay Riddell of Luminet Solutions, a telephony company. Uh, they do telephone systems. And uh, the interesting thing, Josh, about uh, this particular business is that uh, I mean, Lindsay has been in this business uh, as it has been completely transformed from landlines to now uh, telephone over the internet. And uh, how does how does an entrepreneur adapt? It must be so difficult when when the the foundation of your industry shifts so drastically. And especially entrepreneurs, not you know, we're really talking about uh, Luminet's client base. The entrepreneurs, the businesses, want that cost effective cost effective solution. They hear you know things like VoIP. They hear you know the technology and and it can improve and I'll do things over the internet so I don't have these crazy charges. But there's an absolute. There's got to be an education process. There's got to be the client. I, I don't know how much time, Lindsay, that that you or your team spend just educating the, your customers on what they don't know, what they think they might know, but what they don't know. Fully half the process has to do with education, Be- especially when you talk about the word VoIP, voice over IP, is something that everybody know. The the the, the term is known by just about everybody, but what it actually means and what it means to business is completely different. So fully 50% of our time is educating people on what that actually means and what the true benefits are to, to their organization, because it's not always as clear cut as that. So then we come back to, you know, that, that, that human resource aspect, you know, and, and making sure that your team understands that and delivers that right message. Like you have to, you want to be consistent. Uh, how many, how many people are you in your, in we're your a team company? of 15. So the 15, so you're, you're small enough, you know, it's, it's the right culture. You've been able to maintain it, but people want to send the same message or similar way. How do you, how do you get that to happen? How do you kind of train your, your people to make sure they're all delivering the right message? And, and the, how much do you have to stay on top of that? When, and, and the challenge is that from within, there's a cultural shift in the sense that we're going, it's a shifting paradigm in the sense that we're going from a traditional legacy uh, manner in which we deliver our services to a, to a cloud-based solution. And it's fundamentally different. And the, the issue is change. The issue is change from within our organization as well, because not only do we have to educate ourselves, but we also have to deal with the vision that is different for, and, and the, uh, the difficulty th- that change has on people. It's not a simple thing. If somebody's been in the business for 30 years and you're telling, well, you know, the way you used to do it, we're going to change that a little bit. And this is how we're going to do it going forward. That isn't always easy to take because yeah. I'm going to come back to you and say, I've just spent 30 years and now you're telling me I've got to shift gears and do it this way. So it's a challenge internally just to get our minds around what's taking place. Uh, and you really have to have an open mind. You have to know you have to reinvent yourself. The team that you have around you, the 15, is that a, a buildup over your 15 years or have they, a lot of them been around with you for a while? Uh, the, these, the, yes, we've had, uh, we have a very loyal team. Uh, generally speaking, the, uh, on average, we probably have about 10 years of seniority within the organization and within the industry from a few years to 35 years. And I, I'm not the 35. So we've got, <laughs> we've got a pretty wide range of, of, of experience. So you didn't really know Alex Graham Bell. No, unfortunately not. <laughs> Excellent. So when you, when you're, when you're kind of training your, your people or dealing with them and there, there's this huge shift, there, as you said, the paradigm, uh, is it, is it, are you always forefront? Are you passing along? Do you have like a, a team leader? How do they stay on top of it? Or do you really tell them you gotta, you gotta read every day. You gotta, you know, you gotta really, cause with this shift and change of information that's happening at that speed, how do you stay on top of it? A lot of it comes from the top 
but also we have key players with within the team that are from the new world of communication. So it's a, it, it's a team effort from within the team. So we're, the message is being propagated uh, both at my level and with team members that have that particular experience. And slowly the change is being viewed by those that haven't necessarily come through that. So they're, they're starting to, to come online based on what real life experience is, is, is handing them. And there's no question that with this whole change of technology comes probably a pretty big investment. So when we come back from the break, we'll chat a little bit about getting into a brand new investment 15 years into the existence of your company. And we'll talk about marketing later in the program with Natalie Riviere of Cometa Marketing and uh, turning your business into uh, one that is more digital and, uh, and to help your clients do that as well. So that's on the way. Professional advice with a personal touch, consult FL Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to today's Entrepreneur, presented by FL Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with FL's Josh Miller. And Josh, this evening, we're chatting with Lindsay Riddell of Luminet Solutions. Uh, they do telephony, so internet or VoIP. Uh, voice over internet protocol, right? I think. That, uh, that's it. Yeah, it is. I got it. Okay, and uh, and phone systems in general. Um, interesting because there's there's been a huge technological shift, and and Lindsay has had to adapt to that. And certainly, uh, we'll talk about the marketing challenges a little bit uh, later. But there are plenty of in-house challenges as well. No question. And and as most entrepreneurs know, when you're when you're really changing your business, you're reinventing, and you're going to a whole new suite of services and products. There's there's usually quite an investment that goes into it. Uh, no question, a, a human resource investment, a time investment, but then there's a dollar investment. And, and I'm sure, Lindsay, in this whole shifting to cloud base, there, there has to be some type of equipment investment that you had to get into. Maybe you can chat about that a little bit. Sure. The uh, Because of the change, we're maintaining a legacy. We, we have almost a thousand clients, so we're maintaining our legacy systems with, with the team that's been in place for many years. In making this shift, we're creating a brand new team. So a new team means new people. We're bringing in people that are going to manage that division of the company. We're investing in all of the infrastructure and the technology required to support it. So all of that is in addition to the, uh, the, the, the current cost structure that the company had in place for many years. And... You had some experience going with the bank. I mean, you know, it, it does take some dollar investment in, in using the banks. How, how has been your experience in dealing with the banks and kind of giving the dog and pony show and this is what we want to do next because this is where we have to be? Fortunately, over the years, we haven't had to rely a whole lot on the bank except for an operating line of credit that, for the most part, we've been lucky enough not to have to dive into too much. Um, so this new iteration of the business has uh, required us to, uh, to to seek out the financing required to support it, and uh, and it's it's been quite favorable both with our bank and uh, in our early discussions with the uh, with the BDC. Um, I, I think there's there's place for financing for small businesses, um, and 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 thus far it's been uh, it, it hasn't been a painful experience, I must say. Did you have to write a whole business plan for this? Uh, surprisingly, not. I think the fact that we have, we've been in business for 15 years and we've got the experience, 
um, and the, 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 the existing business to go on uh, made that task a little bit easier than it might have been otherwise if it had been a greenfield situation without any clients and, and starting up from scratch without anything to bank on. Now, you, you keep, you've t- been talking about the legacy clients, legacy business. Uh, you know, I guess it's that, call it older technology. I don't even know. If I traditional can, can, technology. Traditional technology, we'll call it that. We don't like to use old uh, in, in this room. Uh, traditional technology. And you must have, over years, you know, developed certain strategic partnerships. You know, you're, you didn't you didn't create your own phones. You were you were using other people's phones and systems, or you were representing other companies. How important was that? Maybe you can give a, a little bit uh, story of of where that came from and the importance of choosing those strategic product lines. So when I started this company, I, I had been, like I mentioned, in the business for quite a number of years, and I kind of knew the landscape. And there was one large manufacturer called NEC, otherwise known as NEC, and they're a large Japanese conglomerate. And we um, we decided to partner with them back in 2002 because we their reputation was stellar in the marketplace. Their product their products were known to be robust, and I felt it was a good move to make. Uh, there was there was there was room for us within uh, their family in, in this market. Were they popular back then? Like the people know them? It wasn't, uh, they're yeah. on the branding end. They're pretty weak. They're, they're very strong in the areas of engineering. Their products are incredibly reliable. We have solutions installed in healthcare facilities that support thousands of users, but from a marketing point of view, they were not known. So there's a story to tell for us whenever we meet a client and we're proposing those products. We probably spend a quarter of our time educating them on who, NEC is that they're a $30 billion company with uh, 100 production plants throughout the world and, and uh, spend billions of dollars in R&D. So that, that has, the marketing end has been a challenge, but what we deliver to our clients has been very pleasant and our, our dealings with the manufacturer directly without any third-party uh, uh, companies required for distribution and so on has been a plus. Given that the, the pace of the new technology is, is becoming so fast, do you find yourself with a lot more competitors now than you did maybe 10, 20 years ago? Definitely. The, the, the competition has come out of the woodwork. It was in the past where you could count on one hand uh, who the competitors were, and you were used to seeing them, and you knew who the reps were that were pushing the other products. Today, competition comes from every single corner of the, of the market. So IT companies that have taken on telephony, large American companies that are selling VoIP over the internet and shipping phones by FedEx and companies plug them in. It's, it's completely wide open. It's like the wild, wild west when it comes to, especially when it comes to VoIP. It's the wild, wild west. No question about it. Now, you must also be dealing at some point with the, the Bell, the Rogers, the Teluses of the world, uh, you know, dealing, you know, that you're a small company, you're an entrepreneur, dealing with these these huge conglomerates. Okay, there's the NEC, that's your supplier. But then when you're dealing with other services and these these big monsters, what's been your experience with that? Well, interestingly enough, we've had a partnership for uh, with TELUS for their wireline services. So telephone services and, and internet and fiber optics now for 15 years, actually. So we have um, a, a relatively intimate relationship at that level. Uh, but on the other hand, um, it's it's a uh, that whole world is really unlike what it is that we're living through today. And even the large telephone companies are having to change and shift the way that they do business in order to compete in the modern era. 
Now, we'll shift gears a little bit to marketing. We'll get to, you know, after the break with, with Natalie and a little bit more on the digital and, and changing from from past to current, uh, certainly with the technology and, and online today. When you first started out 15 years ago and you were on your own and you were, you know, yes, you were in the business for the previous 15 years, but you still had to go out and get that new customer base. What was your pounding the pavement like? What was working for you back then or what did you learn uh, what would work? What worked for me back then, which is what worked for me throughout the initial parts of my career also, was really the, I mean, I started the company renting a small office from a friend who owns an insurance brokerage firm, and I had a laptop computer, a printer, and, an, and a phone and a notepad. And essentially, I just, I made calls, and I reached out to contacts, and I pounded the pavement uh, until my, my book of business was uh, was where it needed to be. And it cold was cold calling. You did cold calling. Cold calling and, and frankly when you need to feed a family, you you do what you have to do. And did you ever did you ever reach a point where you, you almost gave up? Uh, no. I, I'm not the give up type. And, uh, and, and frankly, I enjoy the, the, the whole aspect of business development and, and meeting new people and reaching out and making connections. So it's been, for me, a positive part of, the, uh, of my career, actually. The, the one thing that you just painted, you know, you're in a room in a, in a new office alone, your laptop, notepad, and a telephone. Uh, what's going through your mind in those early goings of the business? And, and what advice would you give to people who, who are in that same situation and who just need to, need to get on the phone and start selling? Well, I, I, one of the key things for me is to get up every day with a high level of energy, positivity, eager to get to work. You're, you're anxious to, uh, uh, to dive into the day and not to worry about what happened yesterday and to always see the positive side to things. Even if something doesn't go well, usually if a door closes, another door opens. And for me, I look at every new day as a, as a chapter and... Um, I approach it with a lot of uh, a lot of enthusiasm, and and that's really what sustained uh, my early day, and what sustains the difficulties that an entrepreneur deals with at any point. Did you did you give yourself certain targets that you wanted to hit on a daily, weekly, monthly, annual basis? Well, my business plans essentially dictated that I had to get somewhere, so. Uh, on a 12-month plan, I said my, my objective is to grow the company to this level of sales. My, my goal is to be proficient with this product. My goal is to... So it was, it was revenue-based. It was uh, the number of clients that I was taking on and, and, and the relationships that I was building. So those were milestones that I was building into my business plan and, and seeking to attain. And thankfully, over the years, I've been able to do that. And today, marketing, what, is, what does it look like today? Marketing today is, uh, is, for you. Is, is, for me, a lot, we're, we're making a fundamental shift because where I was pounding the pavement, we had people that were actually doing that for us by picking up the phone and making phone calls and looking for business. And we started to see that that was becoming more and more difficult. So we've had to kind of shift and we're in the midst of, even though we've been online for many years and we've been doing search engine optimization, we're now going through a shift where we're going to have to work on going from a company that is pushing for business to one that is pulling in the business. And and that's where the focus is going to be for my company uh, going forward. Outbound versus inbound. Marketing, exactly. that's what a great segue, Dan. <laughs> and that's what we'll talk about next uh, with our marketing expert, Natalie Riviere of Cometa Marketing. Uh, Lindsay Riddell of Luminate Solutions, our guest this evening on Today's Entrepreneur. 
For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar and FL's Josh Miller with you. And this evening, our guests are Lindsay Riddell of Luminate Solutions. We'll have his one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur in just a few minutes on the program. But first, let's talk about marketing with Natalie Riviere of Cometa Marketing. Welcome back to the show, Natalie. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll start with with making that big shift towards digital and uh, and how to adapt to a new marketing strategy. There's no question. I mean, as as we just heard uh, Lindsay talk, you know, it's it's there is it's not just a shift in his own business, but certainly marketing, where it went from cold calls and pounding the pavement now to really attracting, you know, and and going out to search. Now, how do you attract them in? How do you get the most bang for the buck? And using the online services. And Natalie, you're the expert. So shoot, what comes to mind first, second, third, fourth? Well, I love what you said about transitioning from a push to pull strategy. So outbound marketing, when you're really uh, making those calls, using those more direct methods to put in a lot of effort on trying to find them versus now leveraging the tools that help them find you. People are searching differently, as you mentioned. People are shopping differently, uh, different ages of customers. So uh, leveraging online tools for that is a definitely a different way to look at it. Now, the, you know, we talk about outbound marketing, inbound. What's the difference? Maybe you can kind of clarify that a little bit. Inbound being um, wanting to optimize the tools where people can find you so that they come inward and you pull them inward towards your owned marketing materials, which is your website. So you own your website, you own your contact list, your newsletter list. Uh, those are the two tools that have the most value for you as a business and represent your the visibility that you gain and that your brand is worth online. And so you want to use search engine optimization, social media, um, and even like event promotion or different, all the different things that you can do, the media in general, publicity, to um, pull people inward towards your website to get more information. And how do you, you, you educate them? You try and give them a link to say, here, here's something you should know, but then kind of learn more and click on to find out elsewhere? Like, are there little kind of tips and tricks that you would kind of lead people to do that? A hundred percent. Well, I like uh, where you're going with that because... Um, the way that search engines work, they value updates. So you need a website that's relevant. Uh, they value the words that you put on there. Uh, they value the traffic that comes and the time that people spend. Um, images, content is really king online. So uh, the more that you put into your own website and then from your website share those links on social media, for example, and have the people in social need to follow that link to consume the content on your site, the better it is for you versus you spending your time and effort adding those words, adding those images, adding those links to social media and making their businesses more valuable. A lot of people talk about using AdWords to try and you know, get that recognition, get those people to, what exactly is that? And do you see that people still using that trend? Do you see them getting away and really dealing with this SEO, this search engine optimization more so just because it's maybe not, I don't know, it's less, it's less costly from a dollar standpoint, maybe more from a, a human investment time standpoint. Right. Uh, well, I think they're both still pretty relevant. Um, what I like to remind people is that even in search engine marketing, which is where you'd use AdWords, it, it's a different term. It's marketing because it's essentially advertising still, but on the online platforms, whereas search engine optimization is applying the techniques that keep you in those organic search results. And we were discussing uh, off air how um, most people, you know, 
it's obvious when it's a paid ad and not everyone clicks in those sections because they know that it's paid for and the trust and credibility is a little different in that sense. Um, but if you are under the pressure of time, it might be a really great way to get found quickly if you have to. Uh, either way, AdWords considers your organic search rank in whether your ad is going to beat out the competitors or not. And so regardless, search engine optimization is super important. And for me, that's where I really encourage people to focus. And then if your budget allows and if your strategies want to go into AdWords, it's another way to drive traffic to your website like a social media or advertising anywhere else. Content is king and we hear it all the time. And it's 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 not always the easiest, easiest thing to get people to write or, or put relevant information online. If a company doesn't have that bandwidth to start writing itself and doing, I know they can engage people to write for them, but is there an easier way? Can they maybe search for, for articles in their industry, maybe, you know, help kind of uh, retweet or share certain aspects that are, that are kind of on that education side that they haven't written themselves, but they support. Uh, is, is that something that, that absolutely I think you have the opportunity online now to be the expert and that might just mean that you're curating other people's content uh, to get the best or the most relevant for your segment and putting that out there and so whether you're just uh, doing your own research and what I find is that people in their operations are usually taking steps and creating content without knowing it so whether it's a press release that you're writing often or a uh, new feature or an update on a function in your product, uh, you're creating content all the time. It might even be sales tools that could be put on the website in the back end. And so your salespeople are going on the website and creating that traffic and those views and the updates that keeps you relevant to search engines. So often there's a lot you can look at in your current operations that you're probably already doing. Otherwise, most people are following the news in their own practice. The news that you follow, you can then add your opinion on, take some quotes and excerpts from that article and refer to that article from your website. That link will be of great value for you. And you'll be seen as that expert who I trust to go and search the news for what's relevant so I don't have to. And then so you won't have that fear of missing out on everything. You won't have that FOMO that uh, <laughs> that, that people are getting, uh, getting all worried about. Is that an F word? <laughs> <laughs> More on uh, marketing and we'll have Lindsay Riddell's one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur next. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to today's entrepreneur presented by F.L. Fuller Landau. We'll have uh, Lindsay Riddell's one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur that's on the way but first chatting with Natalie Riviere a marketing expert with Cometa Marketing and uh, Cometa and FL uh, and Pivizio uh, putting together uh, another uh, fun night in Montreal F Up Nights and that's happening actually on Wednesday Wednesday night Le Salon 1861 you know there there's so many times where we share a lot of success stories uh, on Air Dan these are not success stories these are failure stories these are foul up stories these are these are fun Fun stories, F, uh, uh, F up nights. Uh, and uh, yeah, so Wednesday night, six o'clock, Le, Le Salon. Uh, we're going to have some great guests. So, you know, we have Michael Eskenazi from Felix Norton, uh, who's been on the radio before. Uh, and we the have the entrepreneur behind Selgra, the restaurant uh, that had some difficulties at the very beginning. And we have Andrew Murray from Spotful, which is a brilliant uh, startup out of Montreal with great success. Now, uh, so great. Please join us uh, Wednesday night, Le Salon. Uh, Fun, fun nights, nights. exactly. <laughs> Facebook.com slash fun Montreal if you want to check it out. 
Now, just just before we get to to Lindsay's one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur, or maybe two, uh, measuring what you put in. You know, analytics is huge, and I know this is probably something you could talk about for thirty minutes at least, if not hours on end. But but quickly from uh, you know, it's great to talk about putting stuff online. But how best to manage what you're what you're doing on on your online platforms? Right. Why are you doing it? And I love online marketing for many reasons, but one of my favorites is that we can finally actually prove the value of marketing. Uh, many people say, we don't know what marketing is worth or how to put a dollar on it, but with uh, online marketing, you can really get to um, the whys. You can look at literally the demand and make demand-informed decisions. And you can really look at the ROI on your efforts. What is the return on the investment I'm making by putting in these efforts? So there's lots to look at. There's Google Analytics that are a free tool that you can build into your website. And that'll tell you a lot about your users is the most relevant. Uh, when you get into email marketing, you can actually see who opened them. And now you're bringing marketing closer to a sales conversation. You're able to see what leads are actually coming from this. Uh, that's the most intimate way to keep up professional relationships is through email. And it's on your website that you can grab their emails. So again, uh, those are the most important tools, I'd say. Um, but then social media does give you insights or stats. They have different terms for all their different uh, analytics that they provide. And so all of those tools have a lot of uh, very, very and, interesting things to and it's discover. Out there. And it's out there. So don't forget, use it. So there's, so there's no question. There's a lot of information out there. But you you got to go and you got to get it. You can't just, you know, don't just go out there and shoot from the hip and not analyze it afterwards. As we come, thanks very much, Natalie. It's my pleasure. As we come to the last moment of the show, as we do, uh, as we do every show, Dan, and for the first one of 2017, uh, we'll look to uh, Lindsay and ask you, Lindsay from Luminet Solutions, what would be your piece of advice for today's entrepreneur? So I talked earlier about uh, waking up every day and attacking the day. So that uh, was probably uh, top of mind for me. Uh, staying connected uh, within your industry, always be on the cutting edge and ahead of the curve because you want to be your client's uh, trusted advisor. Uh, that's, that's a key aspect. And uh, as much as possible, get out of your comfort zone. And by all means, pick up the phone and call your customers. Never underestimate the use of a phone still. For sure. <laughs> Spoken from a true telephony expert. <laughs> Thanks very much, Lindsay. Dan, my, my very quick takeaway uh, is I don't think entrepreneurs understand how much they they are charged with educating their customers and educating uh, the public and the people that are going to ultimately use or buy their product or service. And I think you can never underestimate that. Always be in top of mind, educate them, learn, let them know that you're the expert. They can come to you for answers. Thanks to our guest tonight, Lindsay Riddell of Luminet Solutions. Thanks so much, Lindsay. Thank you very much, gentlemen and, and Natalie. And to Natalie Riviere of Cometa Marketing. Thanks, Natalie. We'll Thank see you, you soon. And Josh, next week on the program, Lebanese Cuisine with the folks behind Azar. I'm hungry already. Today's Entrepreneur, Sunday and Monday nights, 7 p.m. on CJAD. Listen to past episodes at www.flmontreal.com. Have a good night.